This is Powered by Learning, a podcast designed for learning leaders to hear the latest approaches to creating learning experiences that engage learners and achieve improved performance for individuals and organizations. Powered by Learning is brought to you by DaVinci Interactive. For more than 25 years, DaVinci has provided custom learning solutions to government agencies, corporations, medical education and certification organizations, and educational content providers. We collaborate with our clients to bring order and clarity to content and technology. Learn more at DaVinci.com. Hello and welcome to Powered by Learning. I'm your host, Susan Court. With me is DaVinci CEO, Luke Kemsky. Today, we are going to talk with Grace Langheim, Manager, Talent Management and Culture Development at Turkey Hill Dairy, about the connection between training, employee development, empowerment, retention, and culture. Luke, I'm really looking forward to the conversation with Grace. Uh, Yes, me too. For our listeners who aren't familiar with Turkey Hill Dairy, the company is well known for its delicious variety of ice cream, frozen dairy treats, milk, iced teas, and fruit drinks. It includes a manufacturing operation, distribution facility, and corporate office in Conestoga, Pennsylvania, and manufacturing in Searcy, Arkansas. Their products are found nationwide. In addition, the company operates the very fun Turkey Hill Experience, a tourist destination where visitors learn about dairy culture, the company's story, and how ice cream and iced tea are created. Welcome, Grace. Thanks so much for having me, Susan and Luke. Great to see you again. So Grace, let's start out. Tell us a little bit about your experience and what you're doing in your current position. Sure thing. My experience is largely in manufacturing and especially food manufacturing. And isn't central Pennsylvania the perfect place for that? Uh, There's so many food manufacturers in this area. And uh, there's something about working with food that is just so exciting because uh, if you ever get any freebies, then it's probably going to be delicious. I've worked in food manufacturing for about, oh goodness, time flies by close to 20 years now, either in a leadership function or in a training function. Currently, uh, like I said, like you said, I'm with Turkey Hill, been there for five years now. And my responsibilities have slightly changed over the years, but always been a focus on uh, talent development as a major function. In addition to that, I've picked up talent acquisition, performance management, and culture development. And man, I really love that challenge of trying to make all of those things play well with each other and make sense with each other and become um, one cohesive thing um, that ultimately works to make the culture at Turkey Hill and the people at Turkey Hill really love their jobs and and love what we do and, and the products we serve. I know in our family, we definitely love the products that you have and have a refrigerator <laughs> and freezer full of them. Yeah, same here. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Grace, with Turkey Hill having manufacturing, distribution, and office employees and sales employees, How do you try to get a commitment to learning and development across all those areas? Yeah, we really are um, one big um, hill of lots of different types of functions. Like you said, it's manufacturing, it's sales, it's it's, uh, fabrication and diesel mechanics and marketing and finance and trade 
um, marketing, man, I um, certainly could not know all of those functions myself. And so, and I was talking to the other day to a vendor and I was, they were explaining to me the value of their product. Um, it was a really great product. And my answer to them was, you know, it's incredibly valuable. And a company with one or two functions will benefit greatly from that. But with our span of roles, some products don't make sense for us or some approaches don't make sense. And ultimately for us, it's a both and. It's both recognizing that there are some things that everybody has in common. Most people are the same in a few different things. Like most people want to learn. Most people enjoy learning new things and training. This is why one of the reasons why how-to videos are so popular, right? People love to learn. Most people also don't want to be talked to like their children, right? So most people want to be recognized for the things that they already know. And most people will resist training if it's required. It doesn't matter what position they're in. I tell you what, if it's um, somebody who works on the shop floor, somebody works in the office, most people are like, oh, it's required. I got to go. But if it's not required, somehow they're excited about it. At the same time, so it's both and, it's also creating learning solutions that are incredibly custom tailored for that particular person or that particular group. It can't feel like it's cookie cutter because people see right through that, right? (laughs) Most people are adults. They love learning and at the same time don't want to be forced into it. So for all of those positions, and and like I said, most people uh, get excited about training. So most people, uh, so I don't want to exclude the truck driver who's very interested in active listening skills. Uh, I, I don't want to make assumptions about his, his or her role. And then uh, the 40-year veteran who's really excited about the latest in data analytics. Uh, we have people who've been with the company for 45 years, and they love learning new technology. And so it's not making assumptions about what people's motivations are really treating everybody the same in those respects, but also creating a really personal experience. So we're going to create training that's accessible to everyone. So we're not making assumptions about what they are or not interested in. And uh, most people want to be trained in a way that's best for them. We want to make sure that the training itself isn't, it doesn't feel like it's it's coming from a, a, it's built for a kindergartner, right? It's built for adults. And then we have to be really flexible in providing several learning solutions for the same topic. I have time management as a classroom training, and I also have time management as an online training. I have it on demand, and I also have it as a one-hour lunch and learn. Most people have the same feelings about learning. They, they are excited about it um, if you approach it from the right direction. And most people don't or, don't or can't respond to that cookie-cutter approach to learning, either because their schedule doesn't accommodate for it or um, because they have a different uh, method that they'd like to learn. So it sounds like that people really are inspired to want to learn at Turkey Hill. How do you kind of bake that into their expectation as an employee or, or how does that get fostered in your culture? Do you have it as one of their core values? Do you have a kind of a, a, a motto or is there something that, that really brings it to the forefront in your culture? Yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's it's where the rubber hits the road. We've worked incredibly hard within our team to create uh, and build a reputation of 
when you come to one of our training sessions, you're going to walk away with a new tool, with a new lesson learned. You know, training in the classroom is not where the magic happens. And as learning professionals, we spend a lot of time and energy on making sure that everything either in that virtual classroom or, or a physical classroom is right. But that's really not where the magic happens. The magic happens outside of the classroom. And so our biggest focus is, is two things. And these are our core values within our learning team is customer service. So we're going to we're going to listen to the customer, adapt to their schedule. We're going to listen to their feedback. We're going to respond to them quickly. If we have to cancel something, we are doing everything within their, our power to reach out to them and make sure that, that they don't find out at the last minute. Uh, so customer service and then really creating value with that training. It's where the rubber hits the road. They've got to walk away with something that's going to help them. And ultimately, you know, you look at um, uh, you look at well, well, what's the point then? What's the point of of learning and development? And for some people, we're in the workplace. It does come down to is this going to result in a job promotion or something of that sort? And we do have a, a structure, for example, within our manufacturing positions where we have a, a low-level leadership program that's completely voluntary. Again, it's up to the individual to sign up for this stuff. And so, but we also don't put any restrictions on it. You don't have to apply for any of these uh, classes. You can just go sign up. Doesn't matter what skill level you are. You could be in the door for two days and sign up. So we have these leadership courses. It takes about a year and a half, maybe two years to get through all of the courses and they in include assessments. So not only are you going to take a course on meeting facilitation, but I'm going to go attend one of your meetings and watch you facilitate it. And I'm going to assess your ability to facilitate that meeting. So they have a uh, several skill box they have to complete. And at the end of that, they get a, a significant pay increase and a promotion. And so throughout that program, now we're seeing the long lasting effects of it. And the long lasting effects are of uh, three years into this program, of the people who have completed it, 95% are still within the company. And this is for manufacturing positions. And one third of them have moved on to being a supervisor, a continuous improvement leader, a mechanic into even higher levels of the organization. And those kinds of results are things that people can attach to and say, oh, that makes a lot of sense. I'm going to go to uh, tr an internal training session virtually or in the classroom within Turkey Hill, and that could potentially lead to uh, a promotion or a pay raise. So between having incredible customer service and then making sure that we have tangible results, we don't have to do as much we do marketing on dates and times and things like that, but our reputation precedes us over time that if you come to one of our learning sessions, you're going to love it. That's great. What have you seen in terms of, uh, obviously you're seeing the um, individuals, you know, taking advantage of the offerings plus getting the respect and rewards out of that and really becoming more empowered. So then how does that lead to a business impact on the company? Sure. Yeah. Empowering employees has been, um, that's a tricky one, right? <laughs> Empowering employees. We talk about this as an organization. 
about how um, it, it is a mix between allowing people to make decisions and also coaching them through that. Because if you let go too soon, then people feel lost. And if you don't let go soon enough, then people feel micromanaged. And it's a balance between the two. We have within our leadership training program for our managers, for our supervisors, we talk about the balance between those things. And our retention of our skilled associates, that's a major impact. I, I talked about that business impact already. Those manufacturing hourly positions, people are sticking around and even on an off shift. And, and man, that's a huge impact. Our other business impacts is harder to put numbers on, but we're seeing ideas that we wouldn't have otherwise identified. <laughs> and so uh, one example, I, I love working with our distribution leadership team. So this is our, our fleet of, we have about 150 truck drivers and several team leads and supervisors within that structure. And our team leads, our supervisors have all been promoted from within. They all used to drive a truck. I love that. Um, but they created a process. They, there are times where we may get a new customer um, or we decide to um, move around routes because of construction. Um, there's a lot of different reasons why we might move um, driver routes. So a driver may have five stops within a day, for example, and we need to move those around. And every time they consider a new route, they invite the driver who drives that route into the office and then they work through that together. And the drivers bring up issues that the supervisors might not even consider. And the, you would think, oh, well, the supervisors, these are still certified to drive a truck. They know how to drive a truck. What can't they do that? They know the job. But do they really know that at this one particular store on Wednesdays, the store manager always comes in uh, half an hour early and their car is parked on the right side of the parking lot where we typically park, whereas Thursdays they're not parked there, right? The truck drivers know these tiny little details that make their day easier. And isn't that really what learning um, is about? Is how do I make life easier and more enjoyable? If I can get some, get some more knowledge or some more skills or adjust my behaviors, then can I make life more enjoyable or easier for myself or for others? And so those are some of the um, business impacts that uh, our, our distribution team, they decided to do that on their own. You know, we talked about empowerment with them and then they identified a method in which they can apply it to their business and said, oh, why don't we bring them in? I never would have thought of that. And so first off, our leadership team, we're empowering them to make more decisions. And then our leadership team is empowering then our truck drivers to make those suggestions. Plenty of other um, examples like that, uh, but these are ideas that we would not have otherwise requested or would not have been identified, but now they're bubbling up to the surface. Yeah, understood. That's great. When you talk about leadership within the whole organization, I would imagine that the talent development and retention are part of the overarching business strategy. What are the mechanics of how you align business strategy and what you're doing in your area? Aligning business strategy and, and us in the area, you know, first of, of course, it's um, looking at the overall strategy of the company. And uh, we've got, like any company, we have main goals. And one of those 
is tied directly to human resources and it's becoming a, a more high performing organization. That's one of our, our pillars. And then from that, we, um, we absolutely have to make sure that we're not a passive player, right? <laughs> and so what I'm not going to do as, as the L&D expert within the organization is wait for my CEO to say, hey, you should have this as a, a key focus for the next year. Or that is a key focus. You know, I look at the, the business goals and I say, oh, here's how we can contribute to that. And uh, as soon as we see the organizational focus for the next year, I'm sitting down with my team and I'm saying, look, team, here's what our CEO has given us. This is the big business goals of the next year. How can we help supplement that? How can we help support and make this easier for the whole team? And then we're going to come up with a list of things to do. We just finished this actually for next year. What, what um, kind of uh, initiatives do you have coming up for next year? Anything? Oh my goodness. <laughs> It's going to be an exciting year for our team. So we pulled talent acquisition into our group and it was previously not there. And we're working to connect that candidate experience with the onboarding experience in totally different ways. We're looking at workforce planning, using a workforce planning tool that connects recruiting with individual development plans and succession planning. And, and those are really cool things individually, but if you can get them all to play together, holy moly. And again, this is something that you see more often with industries that have similar roles across the organization. Can it be done with multiple functions across the organization? Absolutely. Because I'm looking ultimately, you know, in the past we had a, a finance manager, for example, awesome, awesome, awesome leader who we then, she showed an interest in being a warehouse manager. And we said, you know what? Absolutely. Cause you're a great people leader and having a finance background could be really cool in warehouse. So we, on the, um, on the acquisition side and on the development side have to not pigeonhole people into a specific silo. We're leveraging our social media in the next year to both attract candidates and to engage our current workforce, like using employee spotlights. During our intern season, we highlighted Alex, who is one of our employees who started with us as an intern and now works at our IT support center. So that's connecting our current intern class that we had in the summer at the time attracts our next intern class, engages Alex, engages his whole team. We posted on LinkedIn mm -hmm. and then they start giving him kudos on the same post. And then potential candidates see that they want to work for us. And they say, well, how do I develop? By the way, here's your individual development plan. And by the way, here's the classes that support that. Oh, that's it's really smart to tie that all together. Yeah. It sounds like that's a, that's a really good way, um, like for any L&D leader to engage both their current team members and then also their prospective ones. Um, do you have any advice for someone else uh, who's a learning and development leader and how to create that learning culture? Yeah, absolutely. Again, most people feel the same way about learning, but different roles within a company have vastly different challenges. And so while I don't think that any one person has to know every job to be effective, I do think it's uh, a great use of time to partner and build relationships with those functions to understand that department's challenges. When's their busy season? What's their biggest complaint? What are they most proud of? Because I can sit back and I think I know their struggles, but do I really know their struggles? 
if I'm connecting with my truck drivers, oh, they're, they're, I keep going to my truck drivers. I love, they're a great group though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't say, oh, you're spending hours and hours alone in your truck. In fact, it depends on which department they're in. In the DTR side, they um, go directly to one or two locations, but my DSD truck drivers, direct store delivery, they interact with the public quite a bit. They love customer interaction and they have several stops along the way. They actually spend more time with other people than they do in their truck by themselves. And DTR, is that direct to retail or? Oh my goodness. There is a legend uh, behind (laughs) how DTR was selected as the initials for um, those uh, truck drivers, what it means is they go directly to one location, but there is controversy over what those letters actually mean. <laughs> and it depends on who you ask. Top secret. <laughs> and at the end of the day, if you ask them, they'll say, just go with it. So that's what we go with. They go to one location. So it's it's really, I think, understanding what are their challenges? What are they proud of? What do they enjoy doing? What do they hate doing? You know, if, if I'm building out classroom training, then I'm going to choose a conference room that's closest to that group. I'm going to, if I need to start training at 2 a.m. because that's when those people are most alert, then that it's going to be at 2 a.m. I'm not going to start training for the office until after 9 a.m. Otherwise, I'm going to get some moans and groans. It's a lot to balance, but understanding that they're balancing a lot too, It's being incredibly customer focused instead of getting everyone to understand my function. I don't need other people to understand adult learning theory or Kolb's model, right? I really need to adjust to them. So building relationships, real relationships, and insisting on that genuine connection above learning objectives, above the lesson plan, and even above what other people think they want to learn. I think it's aggressively seeking connection within each one of those functions so that you can make it personal and then people are open to learning something. It's, it's how do we get them open to learn? And once they're open to learn, oh man, people just love learning. But creating that personal connection allows people to be ready to learn. That's great, Grace. I think you did a tremendous job of really tying it all together there. Um, really showing the connection between the team members, the love of learning, the you know, motivation to develop and to be empowered and then to have an impact on the business. It's really, really well done. Thanks so much. Yeah, you can tell that you know your individual learners, you respect their their learning journey, and that has to translate into a really positive work experience and totally uh, supports retaining uh, those wonderful employees that you have. So you can tell the impact that that your department has on, on doing that, Grace. Yeah, thanks for that. Thank you very much for taking time to talk with us today, Grace. Thanks so much. Yeah, best of luck. Luke, it's always so great to talk with Grace. She's got such energy and passion for learning and development. What were some of the key takeaways that you got from the conversation today? Yeah, I think there's there were some really good ones. Uh, first, they really look at their employees wanting to learn, no matter what position they're in. Um, they they open up their curriculum. There's no restrictions to anybody taking any course, even if they're just interested in it, which kind of, I think, really leads to that uh, learning culture. She also talked about that when learning is mandated, there's less enthusiasm for it. But when you kind of open up things, 
people are more inspired to actually take the classes. She also said that, you know, it's factored into their promotion opportunities. So having that learning path leads to opportunities to progress in their careers. She talked about how they do assessment and evaluation. Uh, in the case of, uh, she mentions a person learning facilitation, meeting facilitation skills, and that they actually observed uh, that person uh, facilitate a meeting as kind of their final evaluation for that learning. And she, she talked about how um, the learning function and the talent development function within Turkey Hill has led to higher retention rates than the peers that they have uh, in the area. She also talked about how a lot of their leaders and supervisors come from the ranks um, so that, you know, the learning and development are really having a, an impact when it comes to the promotion of team, team members into those higher ranks. Lastly, when she was really looking at um, the future and how they're tying recruitment into onboarding, into talent development, and even into succession planning, and really looking at that employee development, talent development experience holistically, and really using her role and her team to support that all the way through. Really looking at that life cycle of that team member. Very important. Yes, and uh, very different. Well, thanks, Luke. Great talking with you and with Grace, and we appreciate everyone listening. If you have any questions about what we talked about today, you can reach out to us on DaVinci social channels through our website, davinci.com, or by emailing us at poweredbylearning at davinci.com. Powered by Learning is brought to you by DaVinci Interactive. For more than 25 years, DaVinci has provided custom learning solutions to government agencies, corporations, medical education and certification organizations, and educational content providers. We collaborate with our clients to bring order and clarity to content and technology. Learn more at DaVinci.com.